Welcome to the Awakened Collective, where we explore the topics of love, spiritual consciousness, and our divine purpose on this planet. Join us as we uncover the truth that our thoughts shape our reality. Welcome to the Awakened Collective. I am Rick Gregory, and I'm so glad you're here. It's a pleasure to be with you, and a special thank you, as always, to my dear friend Daniel Anderson and Audio Alchemy Productions for the gift that they are to so many. Thanks so much for joining us today. I need to remind you, as always, that you are the extension of your Creator's divine love on this planet. You have never been separated from your Creator. We have never been separated from one another. We are eternal beings. We always have been and always will be. We are connected at the source. This is our first episode with using a Zoom guest, um, and I just need to let you know that um, the video quality, the pristine video quality from Audio Alchemy Productions is not what it normally is because of using Zoom, and I'm going to use that excuse for why my skin doesn't look as good this morning. <laughs> I also want to let you know that the thoughts and ideas expressed here in this podcast are my own and those of my guests and do not necessarily reflect the views of Audio Alchemy Productions, their studio, their staff. And we have a very special guest this morning. Um, people say you can't meet people on Facebook and become friends. Not true. Um, Not true. I, I met this young lady um, just commenting on some of her posts and she commenting on some of mine and just felt this energy and shared a story with her um, of what I was going through with one of my children. Um, and she responded back with a note that blew my socks off. And I'm going to save that for a bit. But we have a special guest this morning. Her name is Amanda Motes. You can find her with a, at Amanda Live and Learn is her Facebook page. And um, what a shining star. And I am so excited to have you here this morning. It's grateful that you agreed to be here. And um, I thought we could start with you just telling us a little bit about your story. You mentioned the other day on our call um, your WWJD days. But I was just wondering about, um, you know, how did your life evolve and, you know, going from that place as a child to where you are today with all of the wisdom that you have? And I'm going to turn it over to you, my friend. Oh, well, I'm so grateful that I met you and befriended you and that for you having me today. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, I grew up in Bowie, Maryland, Crofton, Maryland area. And I attended a church in Annapolis most of my life growing up. That's, you know, that was some of the best days to go into the WWJD on Wednesdays and everything. And then I moved to New Orleans in 2000. And around 2002, I started having these dreams <laughs> and they were, they were just not your average dreams. They, I'd wake up and I just couldn't get them out of my head and they would give me specific dates and times. Um, and then, um, that, that was around 2002 and then 2003, I just kind of was knowing things about people and I was rationalizing it as I was 
reading their body language or I could pick up subtle signs. I just made every excuse in the book because I wasn't really too familiar with these things. Um, and then it was just like, you know, even at work, I was a waitress and my boss was just like, can you stop uh, telling people what they're going to order before they get a chance to do it? And I didn't even realize because I'm like, well, that's your special, right? You normally get that. And they're like, no, that we would try something new. So a lot of times I didn't even realize what I was doing. And then a friend of mine was killed and it was very traumatic at 19 for me. And um, so I just remember visualizing him sitting next to me or playing our favorite song and just things of that nature. And then I went to a popular voodoo priestess psychic in New Orleans and she kind of just told me I was a medium and that she mentioned him and that he was around. And then a big boom on her ceiling you know, and um, then after that, I just kind of took flight. I was, I never really had that filter between my brain and my mouth. So whatever comes to my mind normally comes right out my mouth. And that kind of helped, that has gotten me in trouble, but it kind of helped me with this because I was able to see that if I didn't, if I could like just pick up that first intuitive thought or whatever I was getting in my mind, um visualizing I could describe what they look like I could talk like them you know and sometimes I would just zone out or trance out and have these messages then I was partying so it was always like word vomit because um you know I was drinking and doing things you shouldn't be doing you know when you're when you're young but yeah that's kind of how it took flight and then um I started doing readings for some friends or just practicing and I met some people and, but I always told people like, you know, I didn't want to come out. I lived a double life for a long time. I was afraid to tell people what I was able to do, even though I could do it really well. And I would just say, don't tell anybody, don't tell anybody. But my friends did, they would be like, oh, well, my mom wants to know if you could talk to so-and-so or, you know, um, a friend of mine, one time I went over there two times, actually two different friends had like a whole party with a cheese tray. Like they're like, oh, it's just going to be me and you. And I show up and there's a cheese tray and like all these other people who are like they want to do a reading too mm -hmm. so and then I was doing that for a while and then eventually I just kind of stopped and started keeping it more private until last year um last February 2023 I kind of got like a little bit of a wake-up call or however you feel like an urge like of a purpose and I was like you know what I'm going to come out more and talk about these things and and just also be a support for anybody else like me who may have struggled with these or felt isolated because of them or just like, I don't want people to know. Um, and I spent a lot of years wondering if I sinned and dealing with the religion aspect, too, because I thought maybe I did something wrong, you know, and that it was like I engaged in something. And, you know, I finally figured out that's not the case, you know. Yeah. And, I, you know, when you... And that's part of what and the the age nineteen just stood out to me, and you may have said that to me before, but that was when I had my first spiritual experience. I was nineteen. But what connected us in our conversation for those listening um, was that my middle daughter, Allison, um, has a psychic gift. And you know, being raised, as Amanda said, being raised in a very traditional Christian environment, we were always taught that you stay away from anything like that that it was quote unquote evil. Um, and watching my daughter grow up and realizing now in conversation with her that she was dealing with the very same things that Amanda was dealing with, but as a parent and especially as a religious parent, um, I was not there for her. 
um, I really did not want to even talk about it. Um, and she was having experiences at a very young age, like Amanda did as well. But one story I just shared with Amanda that was recent for her was that she actually, this gift that she has, and I see it as a gift today, um, was used to save a woman's life. And, and I shared this with Amanda, but she was driving down the road and got this picture in her head of this, of this girl who was a friend of a friend, not a direct friend of hers. She didn't really know much about her at all, but her picture came up in her mind. And the thought that came in was that this girl was struggling, that she thought she was pregnant, but she was not, that she had actually had an abortion and was suffering because it was not complete um, and that she was really sick. And she, Allison reached out to this other girl that was friends with this friend to ask if she knew how she could get in touch with her. And this friend of Allison says, well, funny, you should call. She's sitting here right now in my living room. So Allison said, I'm coming. I'll be right there. And she went over and took this, this young lady aside into another room to keep things private and said, this is what I, I heard this morning. You think you're pregnant. And the, woman, the girl just started crying. Um, and she said, well, you're not but you are, you are sick. And the girl said she had been sick for weeks. Um, and she said that told her that what she saw was that she had fetal tissue um, and she needed to go to her doctor. Um, and to make a long story short, the girl did go to her doctor. This was in Florida where um, I'm not even going to go into that. Um, and it was through the, it was through medicine that this abortion occurred. She had taken the medicine to do that. And um, the doctor would not do an, um, any kind of scan she wanted like a an MRI or ultrasound or something to find out what was going on and uh, they tested her said she was pregnant and did not want to do any further testing um, basically told her you know asked her well, what are you going to do with this child like um, the shame and the guilt of it all so she was devastated um, and ended up finding herself in an emergency room where they had to do an emergency DNC and remove that fetal tissue and told her had she not come in when she did she would have gone septic and died. So it is a gift, and you are a gift, my friend, to the world. So I'm sorry to have gone away there but for a minute, but pick up where you left off. Now, I love that story because, um, you know, it's really important part of us I found in that story is um, when your daughter had the, the vision and the um, download, the intuitive download, she acted on it instinctively, right? So she called her friend right then and that was the timing that's that divine timing that people are talking about as well because the girl will have to be next to her so you know there is a timing to these things if you act um if you act on your intuition and things like that and that's what people um tend to confuse with psychic abilities they'll say well it's a supernatural power or it's magical or it's only something some people can do and some people can't but i find that um, everyone can do it to some degree or some facet, which really de depends on them. You know, you have to trust, you have to have a keen self-awareness and you have to trust your instincts. Cause how many times do we say, oh, well, I should have gone my first thought, my mm -hmm. first instinct on that. And then later on in hindsight, you know, yeah. like I knew it. they just dismiss it or we rationalize it. And sometimes, you know, we get these intuitive thoughts and we dismiss them as quickly as they come. Yes. We have to. And we bounce between this part of our logic and rationing where we try to make it make sense to us. And especially if you're channeling other entities or something like that as a medium, um, you really don't want to add your logic and reasoning to it because it might not make sense to you. 
you know, you could see a clown on a bike and you're like, well, that makes no sense. And, but I, I encourage people to word vomit it because they're the relative that they're reaching or their loved one could have had a collection of like porcelain clowns or something of that nature. That was her favorite, you know? So that's why the word vomit has kind of helped me when I just impulsively blurted out because it doesn't always make sense to me, but it's not always. I was just going to say my first experience with this was after I lost my husband to an accidental overdose pain medication. Um, and I heard of this woman that had this gift. I waited six months uh, and it was the most amazing experience I've ever had. I mean, there is no way she could have known the detail, the granular detail um, of not only what he looked like, where we lived, what our house looked like, our windows, our plants, our shoes, our, I mean, it was, it was just, it was everything. But one thing she said, like you said, the weird things, the clown figures, um, she yeah. said, he's saying something about a visor. And I'm like, a visor, I'm, you know, and I had no clue. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense to me. I'm, right. get, I'm getting goosebumps right now because I got in my car. Cause I'm thinking in my head, in our mind, how we're rationalizing things. I'm th- yeah. He, he used to wear a lot of, you know, visors. I never wore, you know, visor hats. I get in my car, I sit in my car and I burst into tears. It was the visor on my vehicle that he promised me he was going to fix. It wouldn't stay up. Yeah. And it clicked in. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> It is. And I've had, um, I had a friend I met I'm 14 years ago. We're still good friends. And I remember like her sister lived above me and I told her sister one night and then I was supposed to talk to her mother who had passed, but another guy had come in. It was like an ex-boyfriend of hers. And I described what he looked like and that his death was kind of weird because he fell down some stairs and had yellow eyes and it's something to do with his liver. But I was like, is there some kind of speculation like that he he was given something, which I'm not saying that was the case or not. I think that was just like something the family was talking about because they couldn't understand how he could pass away so suddenly, you know, so our mind will try to find reasons for it. But, and then after that, her husband had unfortunately taken his life. And then a year later, her son had passed away and, um, a, a cleaning a gun accident and I used to work with her I work with her a lot over like the last 14 years you know um she's been a real big support to me my mom has been a huge support when my mom was um extremely devoted in the church and when I came out and told her um you know she w- had become what I could show the evidence you know things I could tell her yes. um she was you know just jumped on board and i can't say like enough how much that support had helped me because my friends and family had pushed me to come out more open about what i can do for years long before i was ready now to do that yep well hopefully this is a beginning this is this is going to help you you know being out here with me i think that's wonderful and you said something else too that struck me that we all have this ability um you know we are all connected as we say all the time on this podcast, and at one source where all truth resides, we all have access to all truth. And, you know, it is, it's just about, you know, we've, we've collected so much information and our heads are so busy and we miss those intuitive thoughts. And yeah. it's my hope that we, we become more sensitive to them. Right. It's the collective, you know, as they yeah. would call the collective consciousness. Yeah. It's like, Hive mind, but not hive mentality. It's not a hive mentality, like a herd mentality, but a hive mind. It's it's the same way that Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi is all around us. It is constantly around us, transferring information, downloading. 
well, we work on the same way. We work with frequency, energy waves, current waves. And if you can somehow come to understand that and see that, um, you know, that we work like that, you can, that's what they mean by the vibes. When you get a vibe off someone, you're, mm-hmm. you're reading energy. If you were to trust that, it'll strengthen. Taking a little more notice of it will strengthen it. Um, just knowing that the intuitive thought, the very first thought that pops in your mind that we easily dismiss or we say, oh, well, I'm just overthinking it or I should have gone my first thought. The imaginative mind, the our imagination is not what they think. You know, um, that's our visual aid. So pay attention to the images that pop in your mind and the different levels of consciousness. If you imagine um, when you're in a conversation, you ever just zone out and get lost in thought Mm -hmm. and then you come back. Sorry, I was lost in thought. Well, that lost in thought is called the daydream mind when we like daydream and get zoned out. And it can seem like these thoughts and images are just random, but they're not. But pay a little more attention to them just a little more every day. Start to acknowledge that. And they will get more clarity. They, You'll be able to just get into that zoned out period where I'll just like look off for a minute and see what just naturally kind of come. And, you know, and then sometimes you'll get something like, I don't know what that means. But then later on, it might play out yeah. over time. You might be like, oh, that's what it means. Yes. You know what I mean? But the visual mind I can't express is so important and in manifesting too, as well. Like you want to visualize everything the best you can. So exercise that imagination because it's limitless. Our possibilities are limitless. The only limits we face are usually the ones we put upon ourselves. Mm -hmm. And think of what we do with our imagination negatively. I mean, the thoughts that we entertain and, you know, spend time dwelling on and then the emotion that gets tied to them. And then we wonder why we produce those kinds of results in our lives. And so if we're going to spend so much time, I mean, why not use that time to think positively and, and right. allow yourself to feel what it feels like to, to, to look at what you would desire and, and bring in it. It does our thoughts create. Right. And we give our thoughts too much power that we can't control them. And we we can work towards that. But your brain is we wire our brain a certain way with the patterns we fall into, because everything in our existence, if you notice, runs in cycles, day to night, seasons, animal migration, um, mating, all these things um, down to the way we perceive time and Earth's orbital, orbital rotation. Everything runs in cycles. So we naturally, we're a product of our environment in these bodies. So we naturally fall into our own behavioral cycles. But, and then the brain will get wired this way. So you really have to work at it. Like if you catch a negative thought, catch it and try to push it out before it spirals into the anxiety and depression thoughts. And, you know, and just really work on changing, observing the patterns, finding the behavioral patterns and the things that you're doing, and then try to work towards a different one, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that what we, I've always understood and I, in my knower that what I resist persists. So when the, for me, when those thoughts come in, Rather than right. exercising energy to resist the thought, I just smile and laugh at it and let right. it, and it yeah, goes. It's like popping bubbles. <laughs> right. Yeah. I always say process your emotions like clouds, like, okay, I'm sad. And then let the cloud drift off. Find out why you're sad. Yep. You know, that's what the inner healing work too, with shadow work kind of going in and be like, why do I feel like this? Or if you're triggered by somebody, um, there's usually something within you you're not addressing or else you wouldn't even be upset mm-hmm. about it. Absolutely. So, you know, so whenever you have to look in yourself and say, well, why is this triggering to me? Yep. And that's part of, I mean, gosh, that was part of my journey and in, in getting sober without having done that work and realizing every day, you know, when I'm disturbed, 
And when I find some person, place, or thing unacceptable to me, I need to look at myself. Um, that right. is so true. I always visualize holding a mirror up to me and everything I say or do. Because a lot of times in life we project, we're normally talking to ourselves about ourselves. Mm-hmm. But that has to do with our nature too. And the way we are is uh, we're like fragments of consciousness. We're all, we're all like, and together we embody the universe. You know, we are the universe within yes. us. And, but you have to understand a lot of times when you're engaging with other people, it's, it's like holding a mirror up, you know? I always say it's like we live in our own little individual bubble realities that are lined with mirrors, like a bubble lined with mirrors. And everything we manifest is a reflection of deeply what's deeply within us. Mm-hmm. And also I noticed with manifesting my own goals, I really had to like do soul searching and remember who I am. What do, what do I want to do? What aligns with my heart? Not what do I, not to what people think is good or what people may think I should do on this route that I'm going on, you know? But what aligns with me? Yes. What's all for me? And then you'll find when you align yourself with your true heart, you know, there's many paths to a common destination. So, you know, you just have to figure out the path that suits you and also just pay attention around you because the universe and the creator will always send doors of opportunities. Mm-hmm. And if you narrowed in on a too much of a step-by-step plan because then you can miss any opportunity that the universe and the creator is presenting to you that's, and you just never know. That's correct. I, I always say, you know, if it was 10 years ago, I made a list of everything I wanted in life and worked really hard for it and got it all. I would have missed everything because what I have in my life today probably would not have been on that list. But as right. life ebbs and flows and the universe brings your way, what you truly, truly have desired all along and didn't even know it. It's just, it's freaking amazing. Well, it's funny how we lose ourselves a lot of times with societal views and what's popular. And like, you think this is what I want to do. This is, sounds good. This sounds like it'd be nice, but it's not until you actually just sit down in the quiet and sit with yourself and be like, who am I? What do I enjoy? Write down. What am I good at? What do I love? What do I want to do to help? It, it, you know, it's like, you know, and I've said this before too, but when, I mean, all we learn when as ch- we come as children into this planet and we are, so connected to our source and then we we need to learn so we ask questions and we grow and we collect information and we begin to mold our our picture of ourselves from what we're collecting outside of ourselves and you can go decades thinking that that's the source of your understanding of of everything is everything you've collected and like you said it's it's coming to know ourselves and for me, that's been at least over a decade of having to unlearn the stuff that I've collected. You do kind of have to wipe the slate clean of your logic and mm. reasoning and then build upon it. You definitely have to wipe that clean because logic, our current understanding of logic and reasoning does not apply. <laughs> it, it doesn't always apply to these things, you know. Um, and then you have to think when you're talking about children, what are their imaginary friends? Are they actually imaginary or like the ones that have like that were like me who really play with them a lot. I always wonder, like, was that really imaginary or was that other energy, energy, energy entities that I was talking to, you know, and it, and it feels I remember how real it felt, mm-hmm. you know, even then. And you just kind of have to wonder, like, we come into this connected, like you said. And then over time, we're just kind of told that our imagination don't let it run away with us, which it certainly can. But when I say, um, when you get, when I tell people like, just observe the visual images you get in your head or that other level of consciousness, or if you're visualizing, you want to talk to somebody 
who you lost that has passed on, um, I always say observe that emotional connection. There will be a deep down in your core emotional connection and and you'll feel it and try to trust that. And then the clarity and the ability start to strengthen and get easier. It's really the hardest part I find with people is, is not like they just, they tend to connect the dots of what they're already doing their everyday lives, but it's trusting that. Yeah. And doctors, lawyers, and cops, they all trust this intuitive intelligence that we have this connection to what they're picking up. And you'll, you'll often hear a good detective say, I don't believe in coincidences. Mm -hmm. And I've always said that I don't believe in coincidences. (laughs) And more than one and two is a pattern. So, yes, I don't believe in them either. And I don't think the two of us would be here t- today. I, that was not a coincidence. I call it synchronicity. Yeah, you know, that's it. And, you know, I, I just, I think this will be a good time to talk about that, you know, synchronicity, because, you know, as I said at the beginning of this um, video podcast, that I, um, Felt very connected to Amanda right away and shared a personal story. And if you listen to previous podcast, I think it was podcast number six, where the subject was on forgiveness. It was about an issue that I was having with the daughter I already mentioned, um, where she's really struggling right now. Um, She's struggling with traumatic memories of her childhood. um, When I was a very self-absorbed, self-centered alcoholic, you know, dealing with my own stuff, um, and not seeing her, uh, she's, you know, struggling with that right now, um, to the point where, um, we've had to separate for a period of time. Um, and it's hard, it's hard, um, I, it's hard to, for that to happen when it's your child and everything in me wants to fix it. Um, and that comes from a lot of things growing up in an alcoholic household, codependency and all kinds of stuff. But, you know, I know today that, you know, we all have our own journey. Um, sometimes our puzzle pieces don't fit together at that point in time, and we need to allow God, the universe, spirit, to do the work that needs to be done. But as I was sharing this with uh, Amanda, be, telling her about how much my daughter has in common with her and her abilities and her journey, um, her she wrote a note to me um, because I really, you know, the, I was getting really texts from my daughter that were really not kind to the point where we just had to stop and it, it, it broke my heart. But I, like I said, I knew, um, I knew better today that I know better today that that there's a process in place working here, but I want to read Amanda's note that came back to me because this just reinforces the truth that our stories when shared in safe spaces are vital. Um, this was, this was a, you know, others have kind of hinted at this kind of stuff, but to hear it from someone who experienced it, it is liberating. So this is what Amanda wrote. She said, give her time. I did the same thing with my own parents and eventually healed, came to understand that even when we become parents doesn't mean we're perfect or don't make mistakes. I'm 10 years recovering from opiate addiction and alcohol, and I'm waiting for my 21-year-old son to send me those texts and let me know how I hurt him with my own mistakes, and I will endure and see it through as well. Once I started doing the shadow work and healing my trauma, I actually became a lot closer to my parents, and my upbringing wasn't a picnic. 
But before you and your daughter were born, you two made an agreement and chose each other. She chose you as her father, and everything you guys have gone through and whatever is to come is for a reason. The struggles we face and the mistakes we make come with the most profound lessons necessary for our growth. Every lifetime experience here or elsewhere is a learning experience and an opportunity to strengthen our consciousness soul growth. Right? R-I-G-H-T, right, cannot exist without the examples of wrong. But we are neither because we find our dance in the balance. If everything went perfectly, then what would we learn? And the difficulty is what makes it meaningful as we endure and overcome. Three kids, my daughter has three kids, and a divorce, she is currently divorced, and is, is extremely hard. It's a hard thing to go through. So she may be projecting her pain on you because you're her father. She knows it's safe because she knows you love her unconditionally and will be there when she is ready. One day she may have to take those hard hugs from her own kids, and I'm sure she will lean on you then too. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And I think I got the chills just hearing that because I, like, I feel very passionately about that. That's, mm. I almost, yeah, that's very true too. And I think I meant to write hard hits, not hard hugs, <laughs> but that's okay. Okay. Yeah. Hard hugs sounds good too. It does. <laughs> it does. I think that makes sense to me. It's but- true. You know, I, I had a very rocky, um, crazy upbringing too. And you know, um, it was difficult and, you know, it was just, uh, and I got into drugs and alcohol and, you know, I just remember it was probably in the last few years that I was doing the real shadow work, like taking accountability, turning that mirror on me, you know, and saying like, you know what, regardless of what happened when I turned 18, I was responsible for my choices and what I decided to do. And I can make every excuse in the book, but everybody has a past story. Everybody has is gonna find something that they struggled with growing up possibly, or even or even in their 20s, we're all gonna have some kind of story. And that and that's the whole thing. You don't want to go to that victim mentality. You want to go into being a survivor. Because you know, it, you have a choice. Am I a victim of my circumstances or am I a survivor of what I've learned and the strength I've gained and the wisdom I've obtained? Find the lesson. Forgive everyone involved, forgive yourself and release, you know, and understand that without those things, you wouldn't be who you are today and you should love who you are today. And you offer people things when you go through hardships, you know, mentors and things like that. They don't have the easiest life. That's why they became those ways, you know, and they chose those careers. I believe that there's every experience that we have is not just about us. It's never just about us. Yeah, I always say I had to break up with myself. <laughs> you know, I had to break up with myself and see the bigger picture. Yes. And that was another reason for me finding courage to do videos and I'm going to start making videos. Good. <laughs> um, once I, I just got to learn the technology a little bit, but I'm working on it. I learned radiology. So I learned how to read my CT and MRI scans. I think I can learn this. <laughs> yes, you can. But uh, I'm going to do it because I just want to reach out to the people because I care about people. I generally know how precious all life is, all life, from the blade of grass to a mosquito to all life Mm. is incredibly precious. And everybody, 
I always talk about the puzzle pieces too, because that's what came to me in my like when I was like kind of like just had that incredible hawk of a psychic pool just rocket up my you know tush last year when I was like <laughs> I have to do something I have to do something you know like something's up I was like something's coming together and this is before I learned about five D Earth or anything like that I'm like something's coming something's up you know and I then I joined a paranormal investigating team because I thought that's what it was but that's not what it was yeah. but I guess a puzzle piece coming together. And now it's like, I do kind of see it and I see it with the unity, the unity everyone's talking about or was talking about. I wish people would talk more about the unity that's taking place. Yes. What we're transitioning, I think, into is the unity. Like, it's going to be a little probably rocky, you know, because it's got you're going to have a bad thunderstorm before the rainbow comes out, Yep. you know, and that kind of happens. You got to wash things clean. But uh, I just see the unity and I see people all around the world talking about awakening, awareness. I see gurus in India. I see, you know, people talking in shaman monks. I see like everyone coming on board and coming mm -hmm. online, you know, headmaster shaman monks who don't normally go on the Internet are coming out to my the importance of conscious aware, uh, awareness. And they know about this. They call it different things, different things, different names for different things, yeah. of course. But there is a shift. There is something happening. It's a transition. You know what I mean? And I think like if everybody realized how incredibly important they are, that they are their own individual puzzle piece in this. And it could be a beautiful scenic picture of a river in the woods. And we're all individual puzzle pieces. And maybe some of us are sky pieces. We're similar because we're like sky pieces or we're similar as we're tree pieces or we're similar as we're in ground pieces or river pieces. But each of us are unique and at least our shape in the place we go, the place we have. And we can't complete the picture to all of us come together. Yes. What's been, and, go ahead. Yeah. Every own brilliance, every puzzle piece, they have their own brilliance. They have their own part to this, that we need all, we need each, we need every one of us to come together to complete the picture. How frustrating is it if you are a puzzle? I, I don't do puzzles, but I have in the past when you've got, you know, especially when you have little kids who lose pieces, but when you've got the entire puzzle almost done, but you are missing a piece, how does that yeah. feel? It's like we are we are all coming together. I I couldn't agree more. And I it amazes me. I mean, the guests, some of the guests that I have lined up for this podcast are pastors of churches that are waking up. Um, yeah. I follow several of them and their messages are just, oh my goodness. It's like a a river. Talk about a river of life. It is it is everything I always believed was true. Um yeah. and, and we are waking up. And that's my my heart to love this world awake. Absolutely. And I, I, I've had a moment too. I joined a Facebook group that was Christian psychics and empaths. Mm. And it was healing for me. I was like, wow, like they're really like coming into like, and it was run by a pastor and she's a lovely lady. And it just really hit home for me. Cause I was like, okay. So even like the Christian community that I grew up with, you know, everyone's coming together on this. They're starting to see there's more. There's more. And that's the thing. It's growth. Yes. We have to continue to grow and change and evolve. And it's just come to a head at this point. I feel yeah. like where we're shifting this. But I really think that the whole point of us is to get our stuff together, to get our, you know, crap together so we can do it for the kids. The future generations that are going to come into this world with a higher consciousness. They're going to be born with these things that are that are going to be more acclimated to the environment as the energy shifts in the environment as Gaia herself is ascending. So, you know, and she's a living force too. She's made the same thing we are. Mm -hmm. 
You know, I, I've said on this show many times, you know, the, the, those words, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. You know, that so many are waiting for an answer to come from the sky and just fix everything when the answer has been in us all along. All along. Yeah. And it's rising it. up. It's rising up, my friend. Right. <laughs> it is. It's coming. It's coming more clarity. And the scriptures sound different to me because I read them and I study all these other different religions and they just, they ring a different bell to me. Mm -hmm. I speak. Oh, I can't even be, if I started there, would be here all day with the scriptures. I mean, I have studied the Bible for years and scriptures that I believed meant one thing or were taught that meant one thing. Um, I see there's, it's like a, a key that I was missing, you know, that yeah. it's, it's like, wow, how can that be so, I could see that so differently today um, and right. have it impact me so profoundly. It's just it's such an exciting time to be alive. We are blessed. <laughs> it, is. it is. And I'm so excited too. you know, like, like, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to like, just to see what's going to unfold. I'm excited for my kids and grandkids and great grandkids. Like what kind of like experiences they're going to have. I'm just so excited for the whole planet in this. And, you know, I'm just, yeah. it's like a kid in a candy shop. Yep. You know, and I'm working with someone right now in, in recovery who spent um, over a decade in prison. You don't realize how much has changed in a short window of time like that, you know, where he, he t shares a story of how he went to Walmart to click, to get a few things and did not see any cashiers, never yeah. had used a checkout, you know, an automated checkout got overwhelmed and just put the things down and left. And he talks about all the different things that had changed. We forget, we, we don't even remember, you know, all the things I'm almost 63, you know, so I remember mimeographs. I mean, things so much has changed. And like you said, just the excitement of knowing things are moving much more rapidly now too, um, of, of the yeah. wonderful things that are going to come into being, let alone the changes in humanity. Right. I will check this out too. I think like when, when did Roswell, uh, was it Roswell? Well, yeah, when did, in like 1940s. Right. And then we had horse and buggies until like the 1960s kind of, and then we just jumped to yes. cars. <laughs> yeah. And those are the things that like, that's the ones I say, the things that make you go, Hmm. Yes. You know? Because now they're admitting on Congress that they have those crafts and they've been doing re reverse engineering. So, you know, it's a the technology they've been collecting. Yes. And, you know, I, I think I told you about this, but um, there was a I came across this website. It's a C, the CIA website um, it's called the CIA Reading Room, where there was this project called the Gateway Project that was back in the early 80s, where they were doing a lot of work with transcendental meditation and um, realizing that as human beings, we could go to a place in meditation where there was no time or space and we oh. could travel. I mean, this was in the eighties and it was classified until the mid nineties. You can go out there on the web, look up CIA reading room gateway project and take a read for yourself and, um, see what they were just, you know, discovering back then and using. And it's like, to me, it's all brand new today, <laughs> you know, all this stuff. And it's been around a while. Well, you know, some of those people that were in the Gateway Project that actually were in the military using it, they have their own Facebook groups now where they're teaching remote viewing and stuff. 
you'll have to, um, we'll have to talk so about that one. Yeah. Cause <laughs> I, I have uh, one woman I reached out to and I'm supposed to email her. I'm glad you said something. Cause I, I've been doing remote viewing. Well, I didn't even know it was called till year, a few years ago, but for like a couple decades now, that's how I kind of came out to my mom. But like, I get confused on what's astral traveling and what is remote viewing or cause it's all merged. I think, to me, so. yeah, it sounds the same to me. It might feel like travel, but I mean, you're just, you're seeing things in a different place. Right. Yeah. So it's crazy. It's, it's, it's pretty neat. I think it's fascinating. And what I think is even more fascinating is that I think it's fascinating because 10, 15, 20 years ago, I would not have even wanted to discuss such a topic. I just thought it was taboo. And I'm so yeah. grateful for the willingness to be open-minded today, to be willing to question my beliefs, willing to change, check and adjust I don't know everything. You know, we know I have not arrived. We only know what we know up to this moment. Tomorrow we may know something new, something more beautiful. Um, just really encourage folks, even as on all these podcasts, just keep an open mind. Allow this yeah. stuff to just resonate, to ruminate on it. Um, don't be closed off. You know, we don't want to miss anything. Uh, and there's yeah. a lot of stuff going on. Oh, let me tell you, um, after we do this recorded podcast, if you want, like me, you could definitely do a conversation where I could show you some remote viewing and some things like that when I'm not like, so maybe like nervous on camera, but I could show you some of the things I'm capable of doing too. that are pretty neat. If you'd like, I would love that. Yeah, I would love that. I know I have a lunch appointment after this, but I will reach out to you and we'll set up a time to get together to do that. I would love that, Amanda. Thank you. That would be wonderful. Well, you I want I just want to remind everyone that um, you can reach out to Amanda, find her on Facebook. It's Amanda Live and Learn is her Facebook page. Um, I would encourage you to reach out in a Facebook message. Tell her hi. Let her know you um, listened to this this morning. I'm sure she'd be willing to answer any questions you have. Um, my friend, you are going to be on a roll. I feel it in my soul. I'm, gonna st I'm starting a YouTube channel, too. It's, it's going to be called Lunar Lighthouse. Awesome. Well, I will um, just, we'll be in touch and I will keep that information available to everybody on my page too. Since you've already been here, we'll get that word out. Yep. Thank you so much for joining us today. You are loved. Thanks. You are light. You are my dear friend for life. And you're mine and everyone out there, you are beautiful. You are a shining bright light, just as your authentic self. Don't, don't ever let anyone tell you different. Mm. Because you are loved. Thank you for that. As always, I'd love to hear from you. If you're struggling in any way, any questions, you can reach out to Rick Gregory at theawakencollective.org. Thank you again to Danny Anderson and Audio Alchemy Productions. Love you so much. Until next time, my friends, love and kindness always. <laughs>